Hey, Camp Kids. Welcome back to the Camp Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bob, and I'm on a mission to bring together a community of camp people from all around the world. Whether you are currently in your camp career or it's been a while since you've been at camp, when you're with us, you're at home. This week, you're meeting my friend Stitch, who I have met alongside my travels to Camp Sacagawea. Stitch has worked for two different Girl Scout camps with a total of four summers of resident camp experience. Stitch has now taken her love for camp and works full-time for camp leaders to help other international staff gain their first summer camp experiences. Stitch also talks about finding her confidence her first summer at camp and how she found her girlfriend last summer of resident camp. So without further ado, let's hear it from Stitch. Stitch, welcome to the Camp Kids Podcast. We're so excited to have you here. Yay! Tell us us a little bit about who you are and where you're speaking to us from today. So my name's Stitch. I have been going to camp for four years now. My first camp I went to was a camp in Maryland. The Americans always laugh when I say Maryland. I think it's a turnout's a little different. And then three years at Camp Sacagawea in Boone, Iowa. And today I'm talking to you from Grinnell, Iowa, at my girlfriend's house who I met at camp. So, yeah. Very cool. Now, I think it's safe for our listeners to assume you're probably not from Iowa. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about where you are from and tell us about how you got into camping? So I'm originally from a town called Grimsby in England, but currently living in Liverpool and um, working for Camp Leaders, the, you know, the agency that sent me to camp. Um, so how I actually got into camp is very strange. So I was living in student accommodation. So I actually went when I was in my second year of uni. I had this huge group of friends um, at university, but I never knew what they did slash do um, even though we saw each other every single day, really strange actually, I don't know how that ha- ever happened, but she was like taking pictures on Snapchat um, and she had this like little picture of a teepee and then she was like in like this huge shopping center and I was like, where are you? She was like, oh, I'm in America this summer kind of like doing like camp and then she was like, this is what it's like and this is what happens, I think you'd love it. And I was like, camp what? And she was like, oh, camp America. And I was like, oh my God. And then she was like, you should definitely go. I was working at a, like a supermarket and um, I did that alongside uni. And she was like, you should 100% go. You would love it. You know, you, you're great with new people and all these things. And I was like, oh, okay. So she came home and then she just took me to one of these job fairs um, in London. <laughs> and I just went <laughs> and I kind of got recruited on the spot on the same day for Camp Grove Point in Elville, Maryland, I think it was. And it was my birthday as well. So it was a great kind of birthday present. And I was like 150% after thinking, what have I just done? I just trusted my friend. I've now got a contract signed to go to somewhere in America. I am terrified. And I just like 100% willingly trusted my friend, got there, absolutely loved it. And then and that camp actually got shut down well not shut down but they stopped employing international staff I think budget reasons I don't know Um, and then Sycamore um, was like oh there's this camp in Iowa that's recruiting for people if you kind of want to still go so me and my friend Bluebell from that camp went to SAC and the rest was history just kept going back I loved it so much Wow, that's incredible. Now, was this the same camp that you went to in Maryland that your friend like blindly took you to London to go see? Or did you both end up working at separate camps? 
So she actually, funnily enough, worked at one down the road. Cannot remember for the life of me what it's called. <laughs> and it just happened to be that when we went into this job fair, the first people I talked to like was like, hey, like, hey, like, this is where we're based. Like, are you interested? And I was like, I guess, like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, <laughs> kind of just like the blind leading the blind. Um, and yeah, I just kind of did it. And she literally worked at one 20 minutes down the road, but um, something didn't work out for her that summer. So she never went back to camp. She did it kind of one time and was done. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad she kind of introduced it into my life because it did it did change me. And four years later, I was still going back. So yeah. Wow. I think that's hilarious though. She's like, oh my gosh, you're going to love this experience. <laughs> and I'm not going to go to the same place with you. I'm actually just going to go right down the street, but you're going to have a great time. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. That's hilarious. Hmm. Well, tell us a little bit about that first camp experience and like what organization was it with? What were some of your jobs that you did? Some tasks, some duties, all that good stuff. Like I say, first time ever doing, because it was with the Girl Scouts of Chesapeake Bay. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, that. Oh, okay. That, yeah. That kind of organization, but the camp was heavily like kind of returners, if I can you know, I remember there being a lot of retainers and my first ever time though being outdoors in general, I went camping like once growing up, I think, or maybe twice. Didn't like it, hated it actually. So scared. Didn't like the outdoors in general, which is really funny how she thought I would love it. Yeah, kind of went and we got picked up from New York. So this is my first time ever going out the country alone, anything like that actually. And I was terrified. And again, this was kind of like one of these moments where I look back and I'm like, why did I do this? I went on Twitter, typed in the name of my camp because a lot of internationals like kind of like find each other online who are going to the same camp, all that stuff. I went with Camp America in my first year, actually. Aww. Yeah, very interesting. Um, change agencies, obviously, in the second year. So I went online, found this girl from, I think it was Wales, who was like, yeah, I'm going to Camp Grove Point too. This is something I often talk about a lot. Hey, I'm going to book a hotel like the night before we fly out. And I was like, oh, okay. Didn't even know if this girl was actually going to the camp. I just saw she wrote it, kind of just trusted it blindly and met her at a, a premier inn outside London. Again, when I look back, I'm like, why did I do that? But I feel like camp's such a safe community. You just <laughs> But now I'm kind of like, I actually just traveled to London, stayed with a complete stranger, stayed in a hotel overnight with someone I've never even met, got in the airport and everyone was kind of wearing, you know, the camp t-shirts as you do. And we found the people that was going to the same camp as us. We was on the same flight, waited in JFK for like three, maybe four hours. And our camp director, Biscuit, was just on the other side waiting to pick us up. Again, we had camp names at that camp. And she like kind of took us there and when we got there it was pitch black we kind of get there and it's like a really rustic rustic camp like i'm talking no electricity in the cabins um kind of like a just a wooden lodge and there was a snake underneath there and you know i have these like crisp new nike air force on and i was like oh yeah like i feel really comfy get there my feet are in sludge and i'm like oh my god where is this like I say, no electricity in the cabins. First 48 hours of camp, didn't sleep. Cried, sobbed, wanted to go home, harassed my parents to come home. There's like, stick it out, stick it out. And I was like, no, I, just, I can't. You don't understand. Like, I'm like in the sticks. I don't know where I am. <laughs> um, and like I say, day three, you know, our camp director, we were so, I was so fortunate. She and LT that year was so amazing, so supportive. Um, they had so many good games and stuff and 
Staff training was amazing. Day three, loved it. I was really in my element. This part of me just like switched on that I'd never been, I guess it was always there, but I'd never been in touch with that side of me. Absolutely loved it. You, you know, that's the thing when you go to camp, like you just find different parts of you that you never knew you had. It's just kind of amazing. Absolutely. Oh, that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. I would have never guessed that <laughs> you would have been homesick for the first couple of days yeah. but also that's something that I feel like not a lot of people talk about is that yeah the first couple of days getting into camp whether you're new or whether you're just returning back into it it's a bit of a transition process and it's okay to be feeling all the feelings and to be a little homesick I mean you are saying goodbye to something for an extended period amount of time so I'm really yeah. glad that you shared that thank you for doing that yeah, I feel like some people think it's like kind of like taboo to talk about that side. I feel like on social media, obviously, same as anything, you only see the highlights, right? That first, like maybe even for some people a week, you know, it can be so difficult, even adjusting to the food. And I, I say this every time to even people, you know, who I talked to before leaving to camp in England, I'm like, you would not think that the US and the UK are so far apart in terms of culture and country. They really are so different. And you just kind of embrace that and enjoy it. And I think that was like one of the things for me as well, like kind of that helped me become more feeling at home at camp. Like I just like embraced all these big differences and I ended up loving it, you know, four years down the line and can't stop loving it. <laughs> Worked for two different types of Girl Scout camps, one that's on the East Coast of the United States and one that's in the Midwest. And that's already just for our friends that are from the States, there's already a lot of stigmatism between like the coastal part and the Midwestern part. So I would love to hear from you about the differences like between the Girl Scout camps. The first camp, the Maryland East Coast camp, had their own like kind of lake archery range. They didn't have what SAC had though, you know, like the ropes, the high ropes and the courses. I feel like that was very different in very different ways because SAC, when I, <laughs> I remember the first thing I thought when I went to SAC, I was like, oh my God, this got electricity. <laughs> like silly, but like, at the time, so my first camp again, the dining hall and the main building was the only things with electricity and kind of like running water and toilets. Whereas at my first camp on the East Coast, we carried water in like massive tubs around camp to fill up water bottles and stuff like that. And yeah, it was a lot more manual kind of of all them things. And we had to like go to the bathroom in like wooden shack things you latrines, know latrines yes that's the word latrines yeah. yeah but someone at the waterfront had to dig out the latrine every week so I mean I'm glad that wasn't me but you know someone did and at SAC it's all very much modern even though it's a traditional camp it's very modern compared to the first camp I went to but you know campers are campers they was absolutely amazing both camps they feel like the the way the rules and stuff between both camps is very different I feel like the first camp you know a lot more things to follow whereas at the other camp it felt like it was more you know you kind of just went with it and you know by obviously abided by all the legalities and everything but felt more laid back in a way but I don't know if that makes sense oh absolutely yeah I I totally get that that's interesting. I have a very similar experience too, since my home camps were a lot more rustic than Camp Sacagawea. And so <laughs> it was like the same experience for me coming to Camp Sacagawea for the first time being like, this is glamping. Beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It's an absolute great experience. Do you happen to know the name of that camp in Maryland that you worked at? 
Yeah, it was called Camp Grove Point. Grove Point. That's right. I remember you saying that. I wanted just to catch that. Yeah. Do you happen to know if they're still operating today? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure they still do, but only have domestic staff. And it's not the same as it used to be. The programs are not as you know big as they was before. And they also used to operate a sister camp, which I actually was fortunate enough to go to for one week called Camp Todd, which was kind of where I presume the money was going as it was a STEM camp. Okay. Stayed there for a week, but it's really funny because remember I said that, you know, I was shocked when it was so rustic and then I went to Camp Todd and it was so modern. I was like, ugh, hate it. Get me out of here. <laughs> um, you know, wanted to be back at my original camp, you know, kind of guess that's how it changed me. At the beginning, I was terrified. And then all of a sudden, thought of anything kind of worse than being like in this modern building. I was like, ugh, technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, there is something appealing about simplicity. There's something nice about knowing, you know what? The only people that need me are right here. No, that, that is very true. That that's kind of one thing I do love about camp is, you know, and again, this is something I talk about to participants who are going to leave is obviously there's some people at camp, you know, that you just would associate with camp. They are co-workers and that's kind of all they'll ever be. But there's something so nice in the fact that camp is like a big family. You can't escape these people. So You've never been so good at conflict resolution. You want to sort everything. You can't escape these people for nine weeks, you know. Kind of really peaceful in that. Like, you know, you just solve all your problems. You just make things work, I guess. Absolutely. You're you're 100% right. You just have to. Otherwise, you're going to be really uncomfortable really quickly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. When I signed up for, you know, something that no one ever talked about as well. When I signed up, I cried every week before I went to my first camp. I was like, what have I done? I just trusted my friend <laughs> and now I'm going to like meet someone from Wales in London and I'm terrified. But, you know, again, it's that camp experience and community. And like I say, camp leaders, not just, and that's one of the reasons why I work for them, I guess. Like I really trust them and I know exactly where my money's going. I know exactly what, you know, happens at that office. I know exactly everything. And I guess I do believe in them enough to go and work for them as well. So. That is definitely amazing to hear from the camp leader's perspective. Obviously, I don't know much about the international camp experience as I am domestic here in the United States. So it's very interesting to hear about that side of it because it's a whole nother layer on top of the camp experience. You know, I don't think enough people kind of talk about that in the camp, camp world, you know, especially for international staff. I think all we see is like, you know, these videos and, you know, all the happy stuff, which 100% that is camp, you know, when you're there. But you also have those personal moments that, you know, you do feel alone, but you're really not. There's a whole community there, you know, especially international staff from even domestic staff. You know, if they've come from a different state, you know, miles away and they can't just go home for the summer. Everybody has that. So it's great to be able to connect on those personal levels at camp. Absolutely. Everybody goes through a little bit of culture shock their first time oh. around. So, yeah, Absolutely. Speaking more about to your personal camp experience, tell us a little bit about ex- your experience as a staff member. What were some of the positions that you've held? Yeah, so my first year at Camp Grove Point, I was a camp counsellor. Um, same in my second year at SAC, both both times camp counsellor. I absolutely loved that role. Can I just say that was my favourite role at camp? You get to do a bit of absolutely everything. And you know, unit leaders kind of get the stick. I don't know why there's like the stigma at camp. Like, you know, you're the more serious one, you know, I don't know, maybe because like you 
do all the planning and you know you're worried about breaks and all those kind of things I guess but that was kind of my thing you know I kind of realized that I was actually making a difference and these kids you're their role model you're this like silly person that they only know one time ever in their life kind of think about it I kind of think back to who my favorite teacher was and who my you know who inspired me and I'm like whoa that person for those children and it kind of just hit me so that's why I loved being a counselor and you know being a bit silly and just being a bit cheesy as well just letting out you know I was kind of studying all year round and you know I never get to blow off steam like that so kind of just being really silly and getting in touch with like your inner child again it's just really there's something liberating about that I guess and then SAC was really kind of like lifted off for me so I then became operations counsellor where kind of like helped run the camp shop lots of contact with the children still and like I say I kind of still took off and all these campers just seem to love me and I can't you know some people's like the famous stitch and you know all this kind of stuff and I'm like you know, I just see myself as like, you know, somebody who's just trying to be, you know, this like role model for them, but you don't realize your impact again. So being operations, I was a bit, you know, more kind of serious at camp than I'd ever been before. And it was just straight out of the pandemic as well. So 2021, so kind of going around to Mexico and getting your visa there and then getting to camp. I was devastated in 2020, but also 2020 was going to be my last summer. So thank God, you know, I did make it to 2021. I'm not saying thank God for the pandemic, but you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, like, that was like 2020 is such a nice number to end on. So, you know, maybe it's good that I didn't go then. Um, and then just last year I was unit counselor. So I kind of manned on a camp world, I guess it's called like unit director, looking after all the unit leaders and, you know, kind of helping them out and, giving them support when they needed it and still being able to like go in the units and be a part of the camping camping world that's awesome so you've seen just a little bit of everything there yeah I love that (laughs) and I loved what you were saying about the camp counselor role just your your regular old camp counselor role was your favorite I totally can relate to that as well Mm -hmm. it's it is the most liberating role after you've done leadership it's like the best thing that you can do because you're right. You get to be silly. You're one of the kids. You're still in charge, obviously, and you're still going to make safe choices, but it's a whole nother level of relationship that you get with these campers. I remember from my camp experience, I was like a regular camp counselor or an assistant unit leader, what we called them in my home council for two summers. And the way that we related myself to the unit leader was I was the fun dad. I got to go in and make all the jokes and get the kids all riled up while the unit leader had to play mom. (laughs) Yeah. You know, mom had to lay down the law, had to give it the consequences, had to get everybody in line, make sure that they were all good. But I got to be dad. (laughs) Yeah. I I like to call the regular camp counselor role as dad. Yeah. No. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense actually. If you, yeah, definitely. I love that. There was one unit leader that I worked with for many sessions. Her name was Yoshi and she played mom super well. And I played dad. super. (laughs) Just having those roles was, was awesome. So yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like a lot of people, if they definitely are listening and are like, you know, have ever been a unit leader, then they definitely will relate that to that, like on a spiritual level, I feel like. <laughs> oh my gosh, absolutely. 
I would love for you to dive in a little bit more about your experience getting back to summer in 2021. You kind of touched on it a little bit, but you did kind of have to like finagle your way back to camp because if my understanding is correct, they weren't necessarily offering visas at that time. So can you kind of talk to us a little bit about your hiring experience and getting to the United States in 2021? <laughs> yeah, so um, we had to do something, camp leaders called it Mission Mexico because we had to go through Mexico. And luckily enough, camp leaders had an office in Mexico. So we had to stay in Mexico for 14 days, but we stayed in Mexico City. But camp, you know, love and behold, brought me some amazing friends from Mexico um, and I'm going to absolutely butcher the way I say this. And I'm really sorry for any like Mexico people listening or any Spanish people, because I'm pretty sure the pronunciation is the same. But Pueblo, the city in uh, Mexico, and um, I have some friends there. And one of them came and actually met us during the time in 14 day stay. So I actually reunited with a camp friend, which I never, ever thought I would it would ever happen you know that was absolutely amazing absolutely loved it so we stayed there 14 days got our visa from the mexican embassy and then flew from mexico mid-june to sac when the sessions had already began and we just kind of jumped in and just went with it you know we just got on with it i guess is the best way to describe it we got to see the frida Kahlo house kind of was tourists in mexico for 14 days and it was absolutely amazing wearing masks and um, it was still the height of kind of COVID slightly, I guess. But yeah, we kind of did all that fun stuff. And I absolutely loved it. I just thought that that was so incredible because it was you and Pip and Marvel that all did that. And I was like, wow, you took 14 days and paid out of pocket for that just to be able to come to the United States that year. So that was very awesome. And it was my understanding too, they weren't allowing new international staff to come to the States that summer. Is that correct? Yeah, only returners. I actually forgot about that part, Joe Bob. So thanks for reminding me about that bit. Yeah, it was just returners only. So again, there was a lot of new domestic staff in the US, but just kind of returners in terms of international staff. I think that was all over um, the camps in America. I think they had the option to have some returners back, which I think really helped them out because I know a lot of camps, you know, went under because of the pandemic, which is absolutely awful to hear because, you know, when you kind of have that camp home, to have that taken away from you must be terrible, you know. I kind of know how that felt from my first camp. It definitely has happened. And I'm very glad that Camp Sacagawea has made it work and are thriving now more than ever. And there was this whole group of, you know, people going to camp or getting the form. So it was like Starbucks, like overloaded with camp people. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, and then the guy who gave the DS-2019 forms he actually just visited our head office in Liverpool. So I actually met him for a second time in different <laughs> in different circumstances, which we were both glad about. So that wow. was quite funny. Yeah, and it's good to see a familiar face in that kind of scenario too. It's like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> like, we're all well, on the same page here. Um, uh, my boss kind of was like, oh, introducing like him and another colleague as well. And do you know when you just look at someone, you're like, you're so familiar. And we just like kind of like held eye contact for like a second longer than we should have um and we was like where do we know each other from and he was like did you go do Mex like mission mexico and i was like oh yeah and he was like that's that's it that's the one and uh yeah we kind of just realized that we we had met before but not in a past life um, so <laughs> kind of funny <laughs> that's awesome well i love that okay well i want to know the story behind your camp name 
Do you know what? I wish it was more fun, Joe Bob. Honestly, I do. Obviously, now it's took off. Everybody calls me Stitch all the time, everywhere I go. Even now, my camp friends won't let go of it. But the story's pretty bland, unfortunately. So what actually happened was we were driving from New York to our camp in Maryland. So quite a few hours drive. And our camp director was like, everyone must have a camp name before we leave this car or before the end of staff training. And I was like, I hate to be under pressure and I hate to keep something prolonged. I'm very much get get things done kind of person. So everyone was kind of coming up with these names. I had Cherry, River, Mushu, all got on the same camp. My camp director was Biscuit. Here, the assistant camp director's name was Kermit. And everybody in the car decided a name except me. And I was like, right, okay, let me think. And I was like, oh my goodness, Lilo. I absolutely love Lilo and Stitch. Well, not love, but I'd seen it a lot of times, you know. And I was like, I'm going to be Lilo. And the camp director just like kind of turns around and is like, oh, we've, we've just recently had a Lilo, actually. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I felt my heart shatter into a million pieces. And I was like, hmm, sat on it for 10 minutes. I was like, I'll just be Stitch. I'll just be Stitch. And then obviously as the time's gone by, what a fitting name. Like it's never left me. I get so much Stitch things like bought for me and I'm just kind of like, oh, I can't, you know, I don't actually like Stitch. That's like, you know, exclusive here. Like I don't actually like Stitch, but like it was the name. And so now I've got like Stitch everything and I'm just kind of like building this collection. And I'm like, oh guys, come on. Like I've got Stitch like socks at this point. Just, <laughs> just come on. <laughs> uh. So yeah, that's actually how I got my camp name. So, you know, nothing amazing. So then you kept the same camp name in between camps then. You didn't take new camp as an opportunity to get a new name then. No, because like I say, everyone now was calling me Stitch and it just it just stuck. And then when I went to SAC, they was like, oh, we have camp names. And I was like, oh, great. Well, you know, the pressure's off this time. <laughs> like I, I'm already one step ahead. Yeah. I've already so. got the socks. We're good. <laughs> Yeah, I also that year when I went, I had a my two friends um, who live in London. I stayed with them the night before I went to sack. I just got the stitch teddy out. Worked an absolute treat. Don't know where he is now though. Bless him. Well, he's <laughs> oh man, but he served his purpose. <laughs> That's kind of what you have to expect though when you have camp names that are very commercial like that. You're just mm. you're gonna get showered with that kind of stuff, and it becomes a part of you and a part of your wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. And a part of your house. I mean, eventually like, even though I don't have like a commercial name, I mean, the amount of like hillbilly teeth that I would receive <laughs> and like, just like boys, like stuff because Joe Bob is such a masculine name. Like even now, I mean, I, I come off as pretty feminine. I use she, her pronouns. I don't, I don't necessarily have anything necessarily overtly masculine about myself, but even like the girls at day camp that I work with now, all give me he, him pronouns. I mean, they're, <laughs> they've called me dad. Hmm. I'm like, there's nothing about me that is actually very masculine, but just because of the name, you know, it all just comes with it. So yeah, <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah. You just have to accept that. it. Like, it's like, oh, it's just part of the deal, you know. <laughs> I guess, like, for me, I, I, I kind of have no connotations or anything with the name. So, like, for me, Joe Bob just feels very feminine. Because I only know you, and you are, like you say, quite feminine. So, I guess Joe Bob, to me, is just, like, a nice feminine name. But that's really funny to hear the flip side. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, like, I guess it's more of like a American stereotype. Like people use mm-hmm. the term Joe Bob, like for like hillbillies and like rednecks. And, ah, like, it's it's a very okay. it's a very like that kind of name. Which now looking back on it, like I came from like the hills. <laughs> <laughs> like I I grew up in a part of the Midwest that that actually has hillbillies and hill people. <laughs> so, ah, it's I, very fitting when you look at like my past and like where I come from and everything now, like being in Kansas city and traveling around the United States and everything. It's very fitting just in my, like where I come from, but, but that's kind of why is like, that's just the American pastime, you know, Joe Bob is the hillbilly. Like, <laughs> ah, okay. So, this, yeah, I get it. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's kind of why. And it doesn't help that, you know, I play into that a hundred percent of the time too, you know, <laughs> I have no problem getting myself an accent and, <laughs> and doing that sort of deal. But anyway, yeah. So I, I love that you mentioned that. Thank you for, for talking about that. I would love to hear kind of your story behind meeting your girlfriend at camp. If you don't mind talking about it a little bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. This is really cheesy, but you know, camp is all about cheese. So I remember seeing her for like the first time at camp. And I guess I'd never really thought of like anything about that. And I just was like, oh, and I guess this is like really cringy and comes into like the soulmate part of it. But when I looked at her, I was just kind of like, I felt nothing, which is really, really weird because human nature, right? We just judge people instantly. We kind of like try and figure them out instantly, you know, we're going to send in nine weeks with these people. So why, why wouldn't we be trying to like put something together? Right. Yeah. And I kind of just look at her and feel like nothing. And I'm like, that's strange. Anyway, the day goes on and she is like picking something really heavy up. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Zeus. That was her camp name. That's where that came from. So, and then we just like spent a lot of time together and spoke a lot and we just kind of like got on really well like unusually well and you know she made me laugh and all those like cliche things and one weekend we kind of like went out and I told her like you know I really like you which I was like do I really like her or you know because everyone says you get camp goggles right and you spend a lot of time with one person you're obviously gonna feel that way I was like I've been going to camp for four years now and I've never had camp goggles before and I'm pretty damn thrilled that this is not camp goggles and so we kind of was like spoke about it and then the 4th of July over the break so at SAC we're really fortunate enough the camp director, Abby, you know, she's well thought out of everything she does. And we have 4th of July off, which I think is fantastic for all international staff. I'm so grateful because, you know, getting to experience the 4th of July with other American people is absolutely amazing experience. Yeah. Um, but we was watching the fireworks at this baseball thing and it just all connected for us both. And we was like, yeah, this is it. And we spoke a lot because obviously she had a lot of doubts, like it's never going to work. And I was like, okay, but like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, right? And a year later, we're kind of, so in just over a little over a week, we'll be celebrating one year anniversary. So, you know, we've kind of made it work by flying to and from each other and visiting each other. And last year, I was fortunate enough to be able to extend my visa with Camp Sack. I stayed out here till October and stayed with Rachel for a long time. And yeah, it just the, the best thing that kind of ever happened to me, but you know, I never ever thought in a million years I would ever be with an American ever. <laughs> Which is wild to me. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. I'm assuming you know who Ace and Trotter are. 
Yes. Yeah, so I actually worked with them in 2019. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds very similar to like that kind of story. Mm. But you didn't have to separate before you knew that this was a thing. So that's good. You, you're, you're still able, you're like, okay, this is it. We kind of just make it where we kind of like rock, paper, scissors out where we're going to live in the future because she loves America and I'm, you know, I'm not, I don't love the UK, you know, I'm not like as patriotic as Rachel, but I'm just kind of like, well, how would you feel about that? And she's like, what about America? And I'm like, okay, okay, let's, let's reevaluate where we're going to live. So you never know, you know, I kind of like the outdoors as well. Like now I've been at camp and stuff and, and I guess my passion isn't just camp. I feel like my passion comes from that because my genuine passion is helping others and helping others find, you know, themselves and more about themselves. And I guess like that's kind of a career I'm in, which is great. So I don't know. You don't know where you're going to end up, I guess. Is she working at camp this summer or no? No, she actually is someone who works in a care home. But she basically works with residents in a care home, provides care for them, and she absolutely loves it. She works with a lot of dementia patients, and she absolutely loves the job. So she's doing that this summer on top of being my tour guide, which is so weird. I've never seen Aya in this light before because I've only ever kind of worked and, you know, spent, like, weekends off kind of going round and all those things. But now I'm actually a tourist in Iowa, it's very different. Oh, I can only imagine. Absolutely. And you know what? I absolutely love it. <laughs> You're like, hmm, maybe I can live here. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's like set on like, is it called Oregon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She absolutely loves that state. So, you okay. know. Yeah. Cool. Pacific Northwest is pretty awesome. So. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> That's great. Well, I would love to hear a little bit about the job that you have now. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just going through a transition phase actually right now with camp leaders. So I began my journey in October with the company. I guess before that I was an interviewer. So I basically vetted potential applicants to go. Ryan, who was my supervisor at camp leaders, kind of put me forward for a role within the marketing department, which absolutely shocked me to the core because I was like, oh my God, he knows who I am, which sounds really weird. But I was just kind of like, I'm just an interviewer, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he put me forward for a role and then I interviewed for that role. But then that role, they was kind of like, we have a better position that's, you know, we think you'd be better at and then I ended up being an offline marketing coordinator which meant I kind of went up and down the country recruiting people for camp leaders one of my favorite things to do is talk about camp so trust me if you got speaking to me you wouldn't leave so that was that and then I started a new project at camp leaders camp leaders webinars so now we host webinars for applicants on the program getting you ready to go to camp we do what is camp leaders. We do the online hiring fair. So we just have a lot of webinars to help support people, which is a great project. And I absolutely loved kind of bringing that into the company and incorporating that. And now I am switching roles. So all my kind of knowledge from camp leaders have brought me to this point. So now I will be customer service, working in customer service, helping applicants from the minute they start their application right until they leave the country and then also doing webinars alongside that. So, and I'm also looking after interviewers, kind of shifted, but I'm absolutely excited for the new challenge. I was going to say, it sounds like they trust you and they're just like, and we've got more responsibility for you now. So yeah, I, that's exciting. I'm going to say my manager, Jess, 
who kind of is like the UK direct. She is like one of the best managers. I won't even say she's a manager. She's a leader. She, you know, I think like managers are often people who delegate and give tasks and, you know, kind of like report out like, you know, but leaders are people who inspire others. And I felt very inspired by Jess from the day I kind of started working under because she was my direct line manager. So she was like, do whatever, you know, run with it. And then if something goes wrong, you know, we'll know then. But that kind of opened the door to this creative side of me. And she really inspired me through camp leaders and it's kind of took me on my journey. So that's kind of where I am now because she opened that door and thank God it all went well. But she kind of trusted that and I ran with that. So, yeah, she's been very open in letting me do those things and paid off. That's wonderful. Do you see yourself working for camp leaders for a while then? I'm very open to new opportunities. So I think like that happening was great. And I do see myself at camp leaders for for a long time. I thought it was so cool that after camp, when you knew that, okay, maybe this is my last summer, but you're still able to work for an organization that gives the gift of camp to others. And it's so cool to see that you're, you're doing all this outreach stuff and meeting people where they're at and being honest with them, but preparing them for the experiences that they're about to have. I think that that's so remarkable. I'm so glad that you're able to do that. Absolutely. And one thing I will say about camp leaders as well, they are fantastic in supporting you through your career journey anyway. So regardless of where you see yourself, what you want to do in the future, they are absolutely fantastic at like helping you grow, helping you come over challenges. Many people this, this summer are kind of, going on to do absolutely amazing things that got there through camp leaders camp leaders in such a special place in their heart and they let people go back to camp over the summer you know if that's what you want to do they're just fantastic and I feel like you know I've kind of been working for companies that are kind of you know just very adult jobs and very serious and corporate and kind of scary in that way but camp leaders is like to me like a millennial hub like I absolutely love it there like it speaks to, you know, young people. And I I think it's one of the best workplaces I've ever been. And the culture is amazing. Oh, that's so good to hear. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. When I think about my camp experience, never did I think that I would blank. Could I have two? Absolutely. I think my first one is I never thought I would be able to grow um, as much as I did as a person. You know, you hear about people speaking about like they grow, they go in a growth mindset, they find out new things. And I just kind of always like looked at those as like kind of TED talk people. I was like, oh, okay, like, you know, whatever. And then I went to camp <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I love kayaking. Never been on the walk before like that. Oh my God, I, you know, love this, this and this. Oh my God, I'm such a creative individual. I'm such an outgoing person. So I guess never did I think that I would grow as much. I just thought that was like, TED talk kind of stuff yeah um, so and then my second one would definitely be never did I think that I would be someone people looked up to you know kind of never thought I'd be a positive role model now you know I kind of know I am beautifully put I love that well I'll move kind of into my fast final questions here these are kind of quick and pretty sentimental but my first one is what is your favorite camp song rocks and trees that's a good one what is your favorite camp meal? Um, I said this before, and you have to correct me if I'm wrong, Joe Bob, but I think it's like, it's like potato top casserole or green bean potato top casserole. Oh my gosh! Yes. Do you know which one I mean? Is that the correct 
like tater tot casserole. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because green bean casserole is a little different than tater tot casserole. Ah, so, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. I love that. What is your favorite camp tradition? Sorry to be cliche and a boring answer, but definitely just campfire. It's like a good time. Like it's at the end of the day, especially when I was on leadership, like it's a really good time for reflection. It's quiet. You can kind of just gather your thoughts and just let yourself go a little bit and everybody's in one place. You don't have to worry about an emergency on the other side of camp. You know, it's, it's a nice place to be. Yeah, I agree with that. What is your favorite program area? See, I had to think on this one. I've heard you ask other people this before and I was like, wait, what's mine? Just pretending, you know, if Joe Bob ever asked me, what would I actually say? <laughs> you have to prepare for those things in life. I guess it would be either like the pool or the lake, like kayaking, kind of swimming, you know, America's so hot and no one prepared me for that. So definitely something to do with water. So kayaking or the pool. Who should I interview for the podcast next? Obviously, I'm going to say my wonderful girlfriend, Rachel. The only reason why I say it is because she's been a camper in an Indiana camp. And then she also worked as the health um, assistant at SAC. So she's had both experiences. And I just, whenever she talks to me about it, it's so different. So I'm kind of like, oh my God, like you need to get that out there. But then, yeah, I'm obviously going to say that. So I guess <laughs> if I was going to go like more into my own camp experience, I would probably say Lily, camp named Cherry, who worked with me at my first ever camp, who was just fantastic. And now is a camp leaders interviewer. So. Oh, that's awesome. Would you mind sharing with me both of their contact information? Absolutely. That would be awesome. I would love to get a hold of them. Well, is there anything exciting that's happening in your life that you'd like to promote? Or is there anything you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, nothing exciting, I guess, right now. I have been looking at maybe kind of doing my own or thoughts bouncing around, but maybe something to my own like agency for kind of supporting you know people after camp which just sounds really weird but like cv writing how to put camp on your resume all that kind of stuff practice interview questions and stuff once you finish camp so something i've been looking at in my personal life i haven't done anything with it but maybe that's just something this maybe might make me get it going Oh my gosh, absolutely. Anytime that I bring like a camp professional on here, that's what they talk about. They always talk about camp staff need to know how to write camp on a resume, how to answer interview questions, because camp is kind of like, I mean, it's a real job, but also there's a lot of growth in that kind of area yeah, with applicants, no, applicants. So that is a much needed area right now, especially for international staff. How do you explain when you go back to your home country about the experience that you had in a different country? So yeah. absolutely, I hope that you will do that because I feel like that is definitely skills that our young people need nowadays more than ever. I think the thing that kind of lit that up for me was basically when I was at camp, a CIT said to me, or an LIT, can't remember which one, said during that like week when they go home and come back, just show kids around. What's what have I actually got to put on my CV here? And I was like, Do you mean that you led children? Do you mean that you led a group of X amount of children? This is the first time you can put numbers on your CV. People love seeing numbers. People love leadership abilities. People love the ability to trust, teamwork. I was like, You've done so much. And I was like, 
how do people not realize how much professional development you're getting from camp? You're kind of like overwatching and you're supervising and, you know, all these skills. And you just think that this is all you're doing. And the word, like, this is all I'm doing. I was like, come on. So yeah, I kind of just felt like really inspired from that moment. And then I kind of helped them with that. And then they came back to camp and was like, thank you so much, Stitch. You know, you've, you've changed my perspective. And I was like, no, thank you. Thank you for opening my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because when we go to camp, we look at it through the informal paradigm. We don't look at it through a job lens, really. We look through it as this is just fun and games. And it is. It's super fun. We have a great time. But you are getting so many skills. And if we don't put words to those skills, then we don't have vocabulary on how to explain that to other people and how to promote ourselves, too. Well, I hope that you will come up with some resources, get that going. Cause I would love to be able to have you back on and be able for you to talk about everything that you can offer for our young people. That would be, that would be incredible. Well, let's hope that this keeps me accountable. Cause I have like <laughs> a thousand ideas a day and I'm like, maybe tomorrow, <laughs> but no, I should definitely execute some more, some more of my plans. You know, I, like I say, my passions actually lie in, you know, helping people go further. And I'm very much like, you know, really like well-grounded because of watching other people succeed. You know, I'm one of those cringy people like, yeah, go on. Um, <laughs> and if you're wanting to go into like the blogging or podcasting or social media side of things, I mean, let me know. I'd be happy to help you in any way I can. I'm not a, like a professional by any means, but there definitely needs to be more people talking about it and getting that stuff out there. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, where can people find you if they want to contact you or follow you? So I actually deleted a lot of social media, but you can find me on probably just Instagram now. That's all I have. And it's courtmartin27. Okay, awesome. I will definitely put that in the show notes so that our listeners can follow you. Stitch, that was all of the questions that I have for you. Did you have any final comments or thoughts that you wanted to share while you're on the Camp Kids podcast? I think... Just a little bit of inspiration I'll leave people with who are thinking about going to camp. And I would say nothing good happens in, you know, your comfort zone. And if you want to step out, then, you know, your panic zone will shrink and you will become the most confident version of yourself that you think you could never be just by taking that one step. All right, Camp Kids, that was Stitch. Make sure to contact them if you have any questions and check out all the links in the show notes. If you are enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Let's keep our Camp Kids community growing by spreading it to others who are also a part of the camp community. Please leave us a rating or review, preferably a five-star rating, so that others can also find our podcast. Next week, we'll have another episode for you, but that's all that I have for you for now. Remember that this is good night and not goodbye.